like you belong. Someone else understands what you are dealing with. Knowing that you are not alone can be so difficult if you are in a special needs family. Isolation, visible differences, the ability to have so-called normal experiences can slam you in the face daily. Judgment can be harsh. Losing friends because your children need extra, extra help with daily living skills, extra attention, extra monitoring for safety, extra planning and prepping, just all the extras. No, you are not alone. Others have paved the way before you. Finding people that understand can be hard. We all have our own story. We all have experiences that can help others. I am Gail Hamblin, and this is the More Alike Than Different podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the More Alike Than Different podcast. I am your host, Gail Hamblin, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. I just want to say I've done a few recordings already, and I have not liked any of them, so I'm just going to try to roll with this one and get over the fact that I don't like the sound of my own voice, which I'm sure most of you are in the same boat. So if you are listening, I really appreciate it. You may hear some sounds in the background of my lovely young children. We are all quarantined together over this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic that's sweeping the entire globe as we speak. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but I'd like to give you some background information and tell you a little bit about who I am and why I am, where I am, and what we're focusing on. So as I said, my name is Gail Hamblin. I am the author of More Alike Than Different, A Down Syndrome Awareness Tale. You can find that on Amazon. Um, Probably not right now because they're they're not shipping anything that's not essential right now. Um, We also have a book called Author's Activities. My friend Jenny and I, she's my illustrator and she's a really good friend. We designed that. Um, we just released a Spanish version of the More Like Than Different book, and I had uh, my friend Kimberly, she translated on that. So check those things out if you'd like to. We, um, we started this episode because we're going to want to talk about some of this COVID-19 and preparedness and moving forward and what can we do to take control of the little bit of control that we can take because so so crazy out there I I just feel like it's I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime so a little bit of background about me I am a mom of three I have um, a special needs child he has down syndrome autism and um, some complex medical needs he has a lot of food allergies um, feeding difficulties lots of intense needs that he has So my motivation is to help others, to cut through all this bureaucracy that we have to deal with all of the time, become an advocate, um, and let you know that knowledge is power, and we are all more alike than different. That is my main message. So I just want to give you another little bit of how I developed into being an advocate and why I wanted to write a children's book and why I'm advocating so much. So when I first joined the Special Needs Parent Club, um, I took a big look around and studied some of the older families, and I found two different distinct groups of families. There were those that just let things happen, and they tried to stay silent, 
And then there were another group of families who were very strong advocates and they didn't take anything from anybody. So I decided early on that I would not just allow things to happen. I I knew that meant that I would change as a person. I knew that meant I would have to voice unpopular views. And I also knew that I would be viewed as the bee or one of those moms. Um, and I, and I had to come to terms with that and say, that's just going to be what it's going to be. And, um, just, you know, write it on his file, you know, this mom's crazy. It's fine. So, um, I had tried to be such a good person all my life and I still think that I'm a good person. It's just, I'm approaching it in a totally different way than I used to. So, um, to be frank, I am an extreme introvert. I like people individually. So this whole quarantine is actually kind of soothing for me in some instances and others. It's very stressful, but I am not the person that wants to be in the spotlight. I don't want the camera in my face. I don't want to be on the radio. I don't want to be out in the forefront, but here I am feeling that I need to be an advocate and some of these things just need to be told. So if you hear that, that's my son in the background. He's having a good old time out there watching some TV and banging away. All right. Um, I wanted to give you, I just wanted to give you a tiny glimpse of the road that I had traveled to get here. So you kind of understand a little bit about me. Um, I know I'm going to be sharing lots more things and, and experiences and, and ways to do things and ways I've done things and ways I shouldn't have done things and all of that good stuff. But I'm here to share information, provide experiences, and try to help others out there too. That That's my main mission. So now that we've got a little bit of the background out of the way, I would really like to talk about this COVID-19 and preparedness and what you can do now. Um, you know, it, we're, we're not really prepared for it, but what can we do now to prepare for the next stages or the next things that might happen to you or your family or you know, whatever you think might be happening in the future? So different ways that you can take control of this situation because you really can only control how you react to things. And so if more control gives you more peace, takes away that fear, that anxiety, whatever you're feeling. Um, and it's okay to feel however it is that you're feeling. And it's okay that I get stressed. It's, it's all okay. Anyway, we're going to keep going. So um, fear is real. Like finding food, finding toilet paper right now, finding hand sanitizer, finding some of the essentials that your children need some of the essentials that you need. It's all difficult right now. Some of us are rationing things already. There's some families that aren't, don't know where their next meal is coming from. And that is a scary, scary place to be. So what can we do? What can you do? What can I do to help prepare and be a good community, be a good society? So this is, um, some of the things that I wanted to share with you. So, um, I may be a little extreme, and that's okay. Um, I have, I use, I've always had this since my son was little, and we had to go to the hospital after our first hospital, you know, scare, and we were there for a few days. I came up with a hospital bag, and it sat in his closet all the time, and it was just there, and it just gave me peace of mind. 
because I knew I was there. I was prepared. Something happened. At least I had my things and I could control that. So in my, I would have a hospital bag. So um, I also have a vehicle bag that I just started now that this COVID-19 has come come calling and we need to prepare for it. So I, I would like to go over a little of the little bit of the things that you could put in your vehicle bag if you want to do that. Um, so, you know, if you can have a spare tire, that would be great. A jack, an air pump, um, one of the ones that just plugs into your car. They have um, emergency blankets. They have some that are like, they come really tiny in a tiny little package, so they don't take up much space. Um, those are good because you never know if it's going to be cold or rainy. Glow sticks are those road hazard um, glow sticks, paper towels or wipes and a flashlight. Those are always good just to keep in your vehicle at all times, not just when you're trying to be prepared. So some of the other things that I would um, put in my personal vehicle, and yours will be different. Um, every family's different. Everybody needs different things. So you can, um, water is very important. So any kind of water, anything that has electrolytes. So if you like Gatorade, if your kids like Pedialyte, coconut water, any of that sort of thing, if you want to keep some of that, at least a bottle in your car for an emergency situation. So I always also keep a diaper bag. Um, if your kids are in diapers or out of diapers already, then you don't really have to worry about that. Um, but I keep diapers, wipes, changes of clothes, um, creams, medicines, whatever I need in there. Now, snacks and snacks. Snacks are important, especially if you have children. I'm sure I sure know that you know that snacks are very important. So um, especially if you have food allergies in your family. So you want to include snacks that are non-perishable if possible. You snack, you know, bars, um, whatever you can keep in there that won't melt if it's summertime. Um, or go bad quickly. So those are always good to have. Um, medications. So this is something that um, a lot of people don't don't know how they should store their medicines or, or where they should store them, that sort of thing. So a lot of preparedness professionals recommend that you keep your medications in like a plastic Ziploc bag, but keep them in the original containers that has your name that has your name on it that sort of thing so you want you just want it labeled with your name you want everything labeled with your name I'm gonna go over this a few times put it in sharpie put it in um, put it on a piece of paper and put plastic um, tape on top of it Wh whatever you have to do to label your things I mean label it like you are going to pre-k for the very first day and you don't want to lose any of your things. That's how you should label things, especially for an emergency situation. So it's also really good to have a hand cranked radio if you have that, if you have access to that. You, um, if you don't, that's okay, it's, it's not a big deal, but it, it would be cool to have. Um, I also recommend plastic bags. I'm a big fan of plastic bags because whenever you have a situation or something's not working out the way it should usually it's raining so you have to deal with water and well that's what happens to me I don't know what happens to you but I recommend Ziploc bags so you can have like the Ziploc 
sandwich bags or the glad ziplock you know sandwich bags i really like the gallon size you can put changes of clothes and all kinds of things in ziploc bags um, you can have some like grocery store plastic bags and some trash bags in there for bigger things if you needed it just to keep things so they're not wet so gloves so right now i'm sure everybody's using gloves there's plastic gloves there's um work gloves too so if you need like need to change a tire something like that you might want to use the work gloves if something happens you never know so i'd also like to talk about thinking about some assistive technology so if you or a loved one requires assistive technology on a daily basis already, you're kind of going to want to think about what assistive technology will look like in an emergency situation. You might not be able to take your high-tech things with you, or if you do, the power may ran, run out before you can charge it again. So it's really good to think about some low-tech options, whether they be choice boards just on paper and they're laminated, or in a sheet protector, something like that, or possibly a whiteboard with a whiteboard marker. Those are always good. And paper and pencil, you can't go wrong with that. So you want to think as low-tech as you can in emergency situations because that's going to give you the most versatility. Um, it's also recommended that you take important documents with you. So if you, like if you are CPR certified or anything of that nature, if you take that documentation with you when you're in an emergency situation and you can present that to whoever's in charge and you know they can let you help where, where you can help if you'd like to do that. Um, documents are important that have your address on them as well for if you need to leave your home and then return sometimes they they need to know that you are the rightful owners of of that property so it's very important again to label everything um, especially with your names so also if you're thinking about your kids if you have kids you're going to want to try to keep them occupied in the car as well so games for the car some of those travel games cards maybe some Mad Libs, toys that they like in the car, and some electronics. Um, now, if you don't have access to power, electrical outlets, then, you know, those won't last as long. But some of that low-tech stuff is always good. You can keep some Clorox wipes, some Lysol wipes in your car, which I think are very popular these days, and some hand sanitizer. Not a bad thing to keep in your car. Now, you probably don't have room for anything else in your car now that we've gone over that giant list. All right, so I'd like to also talk about the hospital bag. What would you need in a hospital bag? This also would be, de be dependent on what your family and your situation requires. So I always keep in my hospital bag plastic gloves, diapers and wipes, just in case they don't have the size that my son is in, um, they always, they usually always do, but it's just my, just, it makes me feel like I have some control over the situation. Um, so I, I always keep diapers and wipes. Um, medicines that I think he might need, even though you're going to be in a hospital sometimes, um, it takes a while to get the prescription from the doctor and then to send it to the pharmacy and then for it to go through the nurse at the hospital and then for her to administer the medicine. So sometimes you can be waiting hours um, for your child to get their medicine. 
So it's a good thing. Um, formula, if they're on a special formula, sometimes the hospital might run out of those things. Medical equipment. So what I'm talking about here is maybe if they have a trach or a G-tube or something of that nature, bringing that correct size with you just in case. Like the hospitals usually have all of these things, but when we're in crisis mode, we're not sure what the supplies are going to look like. So if you can bring that with you. And I always keep... Well, um, I always keep a bag like that in my vehicle bag that has like his G-tube and things that go with that. Um, changes of clothes. That's very important. So always pack some comfortable clothes because you do not want things that are itching you, scratching you, giving you more stress than you already are in. And some pajamas. Pajamas are the best. You can wear pajamas anytime during the day in the hospital and nobody will say anything to you. Um, hand sanitizer is always good. And um, so in your overnight bag, you're going to want like all of your items that you would need to shower. So razor, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, a comb, whatever, whatever your go-to is, whatever you need when you go to a hotel, pack all of that. It's also good to have a pocket of tissues. So some tissues because you, you may need to cry when you're there and that's okay. Um, they usually do have tissues, but at this point, who knows? A list of allergies. So if your child has allergies or if you have allergies, if you have a list of those, that will really help um, because they ask you that a, a bazillion times, every single person that you come in contact with, what are their allergies? So um, it's good to have a list. Um, a blank notebook with pen or pencil. This was something that I did not do our first trip to the hospital. And it was very, very stressful for me because I had medical professionals telling me things, trying to get me to make decisions. And I had no way to write down what they were saying or even look up the big words that they were saying to me. So um, a pencil and paper is very, really good. I know we have smartphones now, so life's a little bit easier. You can record what you're saying into, you know, there's Voxer and that you have the notes section and whatever. But um, if you're, if you like old stuff like me, pen and paper is, is a go-to. So it's always good to keep track of what everybody's saying to you. A phone charger. So you don't want to forget that. If you have one of those little pocket chargers too, that's always great. Any equipment you need. Now, if if you are a lady, I will say, please pack your lady supplies, your monthly lady supplies, because it never ever fails that when you need a hospital stay, guess what? Your your monthly visitor will be there as well. Um, so those are some of the things that I would include in my hospital bag, but. I'm sure every family is different. So whatever you need to make you feel safe, secure, somewhat in control, then that's what you should pack. Oh, like a stuffed animal. That's too. Yeah, I always pack my son's blanket. He has a blanket that he just loves and that makes him feel more cozy. So anything like that that you would need. Now, let's talk about our emotional bag. What should we pack in our emotional bag? So I just want to let you know, you can get through this. Um, try to deal with one problem at a time. That's what I've learned um, when my anxiety takes over and I'm spiraling into 
what can, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? Um, I try to deal with one problem at a time. So pick your, pick your priorities. What's the biggest problem facing you? Or maybe you want to start with the smallest problem facing you, whatever your priority is. Tackle that one first. Ask for help when you can. Um, I'm not really one that likes to ask for help, but I'm learning. My son is teaching me that I have to ask for help a lot. Um, And it's okay to ask for help. And other people need help and you help them. It's okay for you to ask for help. That's totally okay. So try to research. That always makes things better for me. Um, It doesn't work for everybody. Some people don't like researching, but to me, knowledge is power, and the more I know and the better informed I am, the better decisions I feel like I am making, especially if they turn into life and death situations. You, you would want to be informed. You don't want to look back later thinking that you didn't do what you wanted to do. So knowledge is power. You can control some things. Be wise and try your best. Do not let negative self-talk take over. This is a big one for me. Huge. It will try to creep in, push it back, and focus on the task at hand. So that negative self-talk will, you know, oh, you didn't do that right. You should have done this. You know, push that, push that puppy back and continue on. You can cry when the battle is over. And this is what I tell myself too. You know what? It's, we got to get it done right now. We'll get through it. And you know what? Later, I can I can cry it out and work on it. It's It'll be okay. And it is okay to cry when the battle is over. There's no shame in that at all. And, you know, there's other moms out there that'll cry right along with you if you want to, if you want to cry and party. It is a-okay. So, life is extremely stressful for a typical family right now. So, please know that you are not alone. Someone has probably gone through a very similar scenario to yours and is there and willing to help you. Sometimes you you just have to ask for it. So, um, like, for example, with this whole COVID-19 that's going on right now, I can't find some of the supplies that my son needs to keep his nutrition healthy. So, I was having a really rough day the other day and, you know, I... I didn't do what I just suggested to do here in the emotional bag and I let it take over a little bit. I shouldn't have, but you know, I'm human. So, um, I was having a really rough time. I couldn't find his alternative milk that we needed. And now just so you know, I do have a week supply, but it was that whole, I've looked at three different places now and everybody's sold out people are hoarding things right now they're going and buying extra um because they're scared and stressed too and I understand that um but it was really hitting me hard that I wouldn't be able to provide for my child and his nutrition was going to suffer and worse came to worse then I would you know have to try to take him to the hospital to get nutrition and I don't want to do that because you know he is one that would not deal well if he, if he were to get the coronavirus. So I had to, I had to reach out. I had to ask for help. I asked my friends on social media, Hey, I'm really, really not feeling good right now. Anybody sees any of these milks? Can you please let me know? And let me tell you, my friends, they are the best. 
instantaneously. They were like, I'm going shopping tonight. I will look for you. I, I mean, I had so many people reach out and say, you know, we're a community. It's a village. We're going to help you out. And that is really what we need right now. It's what America needs right now. It's what everybody needs right now. You need that belonging. You need that community, that village, that, that support system knowing that if you can't get it done, somebody's going to try to help you. So, and you would do that for the other person. It's, it's only natural, but you, sometimes you have to ask for help. So I just want you all to know you're not alone. Even when you think you're alone, you're not, you really aren't. So thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here. Um, I'll post a checklist for the preparedness that we talked about and some other tips that we went over today. You can visit my website for more information. It's www.nightingalebooks.com. And the Gale is spelled like my first name, G-A-I-L. So nightingalebooks.com. Thank you for being a part of our very first podcast. I wish you all the best. And remember, we are all more alike than different.